Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It comes but once a year, each tick of the clock, the time draws near, where there'll be hope for every team in the National Football League. Kuiper and Box Bump paved the way, predicting the names Kamish would say, drastic watching every day. Who are the prospects for the play? Gowdy, Frankie, Fox, and Trey. From Mobile to Indy displays seven rounds of fun. Whether it's this or relevant or number one. It's the countdown to the NFL draft. Welcome to the DC Podcast, brought to you by DraftCountdown.com. I'm Scott Wright, and this episode I'm going to be reviewing the Atlanta Falcons' performance in the 2016 NFL Draft with Falcons fan Stephen Bounds, also known as Halsey on the Draft Countdown Forum. Uh, Stephen, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. All right, so let's jump into the Falcons' draft. And, and before we get into the individual picks, what was kind of the game plan going in, do you think, uh, whether it be from the Falcons' perspective, from, from the outside, a fan's perspective? What were kind of the expectations, do you think, going into this draft? Well, a lot of the focus was on defense. I, I do think maybe the Falcons were looking at things a little bit more balanced than it was popular to view it among median fans. Uh, obviously, they went defense with their first two picks, but they did get a tight end in the third round. Uh, they ended up picking uh, three offense and three defensive players overall. Uh, they wanted to, I mean, they, I think they were looking to get, to just have a good all-around draft. They they went after guys that had a playing experience, were good athletes, had speed, uh, versatility. Uh, I don't know if any of, uh, you know, they picked any guys with off-field questions in terms of, you know, behavior or, you know, I don't know of any guys they took with unusual uh, durability or injury issues. So I think they were just kind of looking to just build up their overall depth and quality on their roster. Well, and of course, Keanu Neal, that was a big surprise for, for many to see him come off the board as early as he did. And I thought he was going to go in the first round. I think it was pretty clear before the draft that Keanu Neal was going to be a first round pick. Uh, top 20, I think, surprised a lot. But um, we'll what were your thoughts of Keanu Neal? Because he absolutely seems like a player the Falcons were targeting and a, a guy who had the specific skill set that they were looking for on their defense, and which is essentially going to be kind of that in-the-box type of safety. There's some coverage deficiencies there, but uh, he's a big athletic kid. Uh, he'll come down, he'll deliver big hits, uh, very physical, outstanding intangibles, and, uh, and if you were looking for a safety, he was clearly going to be one of the top two or three options in this draft. And Personally, I had him, I think, in my overall rankings in the 40s, but splitting hairs, 20, 40 in, in the overall rankings, it, it really is close to the same thing. And I always say a lot of it comes down to beauty in the eye of the beholder and what each team is looking for. So, so value-wise, I don't think it was a monumental reach by any stretch of the imagination and certainly an area where they needed to address and upgrade. Uh, but I don't know what it is about this pick. It, it just leaves me... I'm kind of on the fence with it. Uh, I don't hate it, but I don't necessarily love it either. It makes sense, and I can talk myself into it, but 
there's just something I don't love it. What, what's your thoughts about it, and how do you think Neil is going to fit into the plans there in Atlanta? Well, my initial reaction was that I wasn't sure they did the right thing passing on Miles Jack and Shaq Lawson. Now, there's information that's come out in, recently regarding Shaq Lawson that makes it much easier to argue on passing him. Um, and uh, But at the same time, I think the Falcons – we're looking at Neil a long time. They knew him because Dan Quinn had been at Florida. I believe he recruited Keanu Neal, and I think they were just very comfortable with him. Uh, you know, they didn't have the, like we talked about, the off-field questions. They didn't. There weren't uh, questions about any injury issues like there were with uh, Shaq Lawson. So I just think they were so comfortable with him. And I also kind of have a gut feeling that they felt that there was a good chance they were going to get Deion Jones in the second round. So that made it easier to pass on somebody maybe in their minds like a Miles Jack or a Darren Lee in the first round. Yeah, and, and if those were the two players they were targeting in the first couple of rounds, uh, I think they probably felt pretty confident going in that they could get them. They were realistic options for where they were picking in both round one and round two. And uh, We'll move on from Keanu Neal and talk about that second pick, Deion Jones. And this is I'm kind of in the same frame of mind here with this pick with Neal where – I like it, but I don't love it. It makes sense on a lot of levels. He's going to bring a much-needed uh, dose along with another one of their picks we're going to talk about a little bit later, a dose of athleticism and speed and coverage ability to that linebacking core. And, and once again, right about where he was expected to come off the board, he was going to be a day-two pick. Of course, the big concern with Deion Jones is that lack of prototypical bulk, uh, even though he, he's got a pretty rangy frame, actually, but he doesn't have the ideal bulk you look for. Uh, only was an impact player really for one year at LSU. But uh, there again, it, it checks a lot of the boxes for what the Falcons were looking to do in this draft, and it's hard to make an argument against it. It just seems kind of – and I guess with, with both of these top two picks, it almost feels like need was forced a little bit too much. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, uh, it's, it's hard to really put my finger on exactly what it is that leaves me a little uneasy about their top two picks because – as I said, on paper, they make sense from a value need perspective. Um, there's just question marks with both of them. And I guess what it comes down to, and this is something that's maybe an overall theme for their entire draft, is they're, trying, they're, they're looking for very specific things. They're kind of trying to thread the needle uh, with both Neal and Jones. As long as all they're going to ask them to do is, is what they're going to ask them to do and fit those specific roles, I think they're going to be successful and they'll be happy with the picks. But I don't think it gives either choice necessarily gives them a lot of, of leeway. I don't know if that makes sense. I'll let you uh, talk for a minute and give me a little bit of uh, uh, feedback on your thoughts on the Jones selection. I do think uh, perhaps they see some versatility in terms with, with Jones in terms of, you know, perhaps they, you can move him around. There's been talk that they might put him in the middle some. Perhaps they'll play him outside. Uh, we'll see. He's, you know, he's still quite young. I, I'm sure they hope uh, – he can add some weight. Um, and one thing I have to wonder about is how much did Quan Alexander affect this pick? You know, a guy that they saw a lot for obvious reasons with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. He's the guy that Deion Jones was backing up. And, you know, if perhaps they just feel, hey, if, you know, he can be something fairly similar to a Quan Alexander, he definitely can, can play a part in our defense. And I think you can, you can definitely see – Dan Quinn's influence on how they're drafting. They're they're looking. He he's wanting tools in his defensive toolbox, and you can see that last year uh, in their draft and and this year. You know, guys that 
that check like like you said check a lot of boxes uh you know they they're fast they're athletic uh uh Keanu Neal's got good size i mean you can't say that about Deion, Neon Jones but there's a lot of other things they they put a lot of emphasis when they were uh the Falcons when they were talking about these picks on they they want guys that can cover one of the common uh criticisms of this draft has been that they didn't really do anything to make their pass rush better well their comeback to that was well you you know being better at coverage helps your pass rush. And, you know, I can see that argument. Uh, and Deion Jones had some, some sacks uh, at LSU. I, I, don't, I don't think you can expect him to be a, you know, a pass rusher, be a pass rush specialist, but that doesn't mean that he can't give you three, four sacks a year, which, you know, should be better than what they have uh, at the position in terms of guys that can blitz from linebacker uh, right now or, or b- before the draft. Yeah, and, and Jones, uh, I think you mentioned that the plan is initially at least to give him a try in the middle, but he could also uh, be a, a option long-term on the weak side. So he gives them some options in that regard. And I, I, I feel like I, I didn't do a good job of kind of, of putting a fine point on my thoughts and what it is that bugs me about the picks maybe a little bit, and that's not even the right word. But I guess maybe what it is is maybe this is a sign of – what teams are going to value going forward. Because I think probably 15 years, 10, 15 years ago, I don't know that Keanu Neal is a top 20 pick. I don't know that Deion Jones is the 52nd overall pick in the draft. But but they kind of fit the mold, I, I think, of what teams are looking for in today's NFL. You need to get smaller and more athletic on defense, especially in that front seven, to, to cope with the mismatches that you see, with everything that offenses are throwing at you. So So, so maybe I guess that's where I'm coming from in my – skepticism, if you will, of the choices, even though I don't have a real good reason. I'm just not accustomed to seeing players like that where Keanu Neal is a little bit of a one-dimensional box safety going in the first round. Deion Jones, a pretty dramatically undersized, at least in terms of the bulk, uh, linebacker going with a a mid-second round pick. So I guess that's where I'm coming from. Maybe that might make a little more sense. And uh, and what I was talking about with lack of options, just thinking two steps down the road, it's if this doesn't work out with this regime in Atlanta, will Keanu Neal and Deion Jones be a fit for another coach, or are they specifically for what this coach is looking for, for this defense, for this role? I guess those are my my main concerns, but it might just be a case of this is a sign of the future. This is the way the league's going to start trending, where they're more willing to take guys who might not be as well-rounded as we're accustomed to seeing go early, but if they can do specific things very well, they're still willing to make that premium investment in the early rounds. Right, and and looking at the Falcons and and the way they put so much emphasis on speed, it'll be interesting to see going forward with guys like Vic Beasley and Deion Jones. Could we look back and say maybe they just put too much emphasis on speed and they they led themselves to a point where their defense can be taken advantage of? Uh, you know, when teams uh, run the ball, use a run heavy or you know, or double tight ends, things like that. Um, can th- teams really take advantage of? of maybe some size deficiencies. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and let's talk about their next pick, because this is the one that really intrigues me. And uh, in the third round, the Falcons chose Austin Hooper, the tight end from Stanford. And uh, ever since Tony Gonzalez retired, we've been kind of waiting for them to go out and, and select a pass-catching threat at the tight end position. Uh, and they really haven't made a huge investment there. Levine Toilolo, I think, was a third-round pick, but he's more of a blocker than a dynamic pass-catcher. 
I don't know if this was the best year to do it. Uh, I thought tight end was one of the weakest, if not the weakest position in the entire class, but, but Hooper was one of the best options available. And, and I guess I would argue that there maybe wasn't as much of a drop-off from Hunter Henry, who was widely regarded as the top option at the position as class, who went early in the second round, to Hooper, who went more than a round later. Uh, and Hooper came out as a redshirt sophomore, so I think there's still some potential there with him, some upside to develop, and uh, adequate blend of size and athleticism. And, and I don't think he's ever going to be this Rob Gronkowski-level dynamic weapon at the next level, but certainly has the tools to be an upgrade over what they currently have. And uh, uh, I like to pick for them in the third round from both a, a need and value perspective. If you were going to bring in a tight end in this class, Hooper is probably one of the two or three that, that you are going to target. Yeah, I really love the fact that they were able to get a guy who, at least on paper, was a good value in the third round. You know, we'll see. Um, the Falcons, for a team that throws the ball a lot, they, they, I'm sure they were among the team, among the NFL's leader in passes attempt. They did not get, I would, what I would think of as ideal production from their tight ends last year. Uh, just to put it in perspective, uh, they're starting fullback who's pretty good fullback he's one of the better fullbacks in the nfl patrick demarco he caught as many touchdowns i believe two as all their tight ends combined last year i mean this is a team with matt ryan with julio jones you know taking a lot of attention and you've got only two touchdowns from your tight ends um so they they definitely needed to upgrade their their tight end position in my opinion they they needed just more they needed to add at least one quality pass catcher uh and again this is a guy that checks a lot of boxes in terms of there's no major injury questions there's no off-field concerns he's he played a lot um he comes from a you know a big program with a history of producing tight ends a recent history uh so there's just it's it's hard to find too many faults with this pick yeah i i think that was probably my favorite pick of the draft for them now in the fourth round and we probably could have lumped this pick in along with Deion Jones. They brought in another athletic linebacker in Devondre Campbell out of Minnesota. Uh, another guy who gives you a little bit of versatility. I think he's going to start out outside uh, playing the will for them. Also gives you a little bit of pass rush potential off the edge. He gives you that athleticism and that ability in space to uh, match up with, with uh, running backs, tight ends, what have you. Uh, so you look at what, the Falcons have done with some of their top picks the last couple of years. You mentioned Vic Beasley going back to last year and then this year with Neal and Jones and Campbell. They have really upgraded their overall speed and athleticism in that defensive front seven. Right. And, and again, a guy, you know, that I believe he was well-respected in Minnesota's program. Like you said, he's versatile. Uh, he might be able to move around a little bit on, in that linebacking core. Uh, like you said, gives them some pass rush. Uh, and also, I think one thing that's interesting about the Falcons, I mean, this is uh, it's not too much of a, a, a stretch to say they tend to lean towards, I think when push comes to shove, players from the southeastern United States. And even though he played at Minnesota, I believe he is from Florida. Um, and so he just, I mean, again, it, you, you, it's almost like they're looking at players and checking boxes. And, and they even mention, you know, players checking boxes in their press conferences uh, and, you know, speed experience athleticism he's from the southeast so you know he might be the type of player that'll do well living in the atlanta area um so it, it makes a lot of sense and of course you know one linebacker in the second round wasn't going to uh fix their need for more talent at linebacker 
Well, and a common theme with a lot of their picks here, too, is the intangibles. I think they're trying to build a culture within that organization, that locker room. They wanted team leaders, and I think that was a, a point of emphasis for the Falcons with their picks. Uh, in the fifth round, they didn't have that choice. That was forfeited uh, due to fake crowd noise. Uh, do you have any comments on that, Stephen, as a Falcons fan? Well, that was it was just, you know, a fifth-round pick – you just never know. There's a good chance that even if they had that pick, it was never going to be a player that made much of a difference overall in their organization. But they they could they could have used that pick. They they're not a team that's doing great in terms of their their depth, or overall roster talent. Um, you know, it was obviously a foolish a foolish situation they got themselves into. And you know, I just hope they'll be better than that and not you know not have to worry about losing draft picks. They did not need to to be without a draft pick going in. They had traded away another draft pick uh, for Andy Levitri last preseason. So they entered the draft with only five picks. I mean, that can really limit your flexibility. You know, if there's a player you really, really, really like, are, are you going to go up a couple spots to get him when you only have five picks? I mean, they came out of the draft with six picks because they traded back two spots in the second round when they took Deion Jones. But all they got out of that was a, was a sixth rounder, uh, I don't. I don't want to. I mean, it's, I'm being kind of nitpicky. I don't want to complain about it too much, but uh, they're, they're definitely no, a team I, that could have used that pick. <laughs> I totally agree with you. I mean, there were some good players still on the board in the fifth round. So even though it's easy to say, oh, it's a fifth round pick, at the very least, that could have been uh, a contributor, a special teams guy, and and you can't rule out the potential to get a starter level, starting level player there at, in the fifth round. So so definitely, uh, it's not as bad as the Patriots losing a first rounder, but it's not an ideal situa- situation either. Now, in round six, the Falcons chose Wes Schweitzer, uh, offensive lineman out of San Jose State. He played left tackle for the Spartans, but they're going to kick him inside to guard. Uh, a big guy, pretty athletic, uh, uses good leverage, nice, uh, understands leverage uh, and, and technique. And the connections on the staff, too. I believe one of the Falcons' assistant coaches uh, worked with him at San Jose State there, so they had a little bit of a peek behind the curtain and a little better insight on him. And uh, Correct. Uh, solid pick. I think that, that, that offensive line was an area that they needed to uh, shore up, uh, and, and maybe even earlier than they did. I think you probably make an argument that they could have made even a little bit more significant investment because long-term uh, there's some question marks at guard. But uh, at, at the very least, I think Schweitzer is a nice developmental swing backup who could help you at a number of positions. And, and who knows, in the next year or two, he might have a chance to compete for a starting job at guard. Right, yeah. Like you said, they, they know a lot about this guy – they talked about his versatility. They they plan to move him inside, like you said. They did mention that uh, you know he he may get a look at tackle at some point. Although you know that may just be trying to make the pick sound better. It sounds like he's going to be a guard. Um, you know we'll see. He's a six round pick. Hopefully he can he can be a qual you know at least a quality backup. But we'll see. And then in the seventh round, the Falcons chose Devin Fuller, wide receiver from UCLA. And, and the first word that comes to my mind with Fuller is underachiever, uh, which is good and bad. Uh, on the negative side, it means, well, he hasn't lived up to his potential yet. But on the positive side, that means his best football could still be ahead of him because he, he's a, a good-looking athlete. He's 6 feet, 195 pounds. He ran a sub-4-4 pro day. He's, vert, he's got a, he's an outstanding leaper and just tremendous natural athlete just never really put it all together and turn that, that talent and those physical tools into production on the field. Uh, so I think that's a concern, but in the seventh round, I think that's the type of player 
you want to take a flyer on. Also, it can uh, offer you a little bit uh, in the return game, so he can potentially contribute on special teams. So uh, I think uh, Devin Fuller was absolutely a worthwhile roll of the dice for them in round seven. And, um, and, and if they can get him to click, he's got the talent to, to, to far outplay his draft slot. And if not, the investment was relatively minimal. Right, and there's a couple things that come to mind with this pick to me. Uh, number one, obviously, is speed. The guy uh, ha- is fast, and he showed that at his pro day. And, um, I mean, when you're picking in the seventh round, I think you're, I think generally maybe teams are looking for either a guy with who's got upside, like maybe he can be someone that's better than what he's projected to be because he's got something special about him like good speed, or he's – or he's just a really safe, good uh, fit for a team. And in this case, I think maybe it was both because, like I said, he's got the speed and he's got some return skills. Maybe they view him as a guy that could potentially do returns, especially if Devin Hester is not going to be contributing anymore. Um, so, it, I mean, it makes sense. And they, and they could absolutely use depth at wide receiver. Um, you know, Julio Jones is obviously one of, if not the best wide receivers on the planet. Uh, and Mohamed Sanu, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly what to make of the pick. I can see arguments for and against it, but you go after you got Justin Hardy, who they drafted last year. But there's just the depth could def they could definitely use some, some talent and depth at that position. All right, we're going to pause for a quick break, but we'll be right back to wrap up this review of the Atlanta Falcons in the 2016 NFL Draft with our closing thoughts and grades. All right, and we're back, and we'll just let's wrap up our review here. And uh, I guess ultimately, Stephen, what what my thoughts on this Falcons class are is that it was a very custom draft class. This isn't the type of class that I think would have looked good for everyone, and and I think not everyone's going to evaluate it well. But for what they were looking for, I think it it hit it hit the they hit the nail on the head uh specifically with those top two picks neil and jones and, and i kind of talked about my reservations with those top couple picks and it's not that i hate them just a little bit unorthodox and uh but but what what's kind of the has been the fan reaction in atlanta uh especially to the neil pick i guess because he i don't know if he was in the mix he wasn't one of the big names you heard leading up to the draft for the falcons at that point you heard about the shaq lawson the reggie raglins guys with much higher profiles, more impressive resumes on paper. What's been the reaction uh, to this class uh, amongst the Falcons fans, uh, specifically the Neil pick? Well, the Falcons fan base is definitely very diverse when it comes to opinions on just about anything. I, I think overall, uh, I think a lot of people were like me. At first, you thought it was a reach, but the more you look at Neil, all the boxes he checks, size, speed, athleticism, experience, you know, uh, he has a background with the coaching staff. There's just so many re- ways you can argue for it. And even though someone might say, well, you know, it wasn't necessarily a great value. I mean, we're also talking about a guy that doesn't turn 21 for another two months. So, uh, you know, any projection we can try to make, it, you just never know. I mean, this is a really young guy that that's talented, high character. Uh, it, it makes a lot of sense to me. I think people that, that – don't like the pick in Atlanta. It has more to do with who they passed than Keanu Neal themselves. You know, there's one thing. You know, if if Miles Jack turns into a superstar, you're gonna you're gonna hear people in Atlanta saying, "Why didn't we take Miles Jack? Why didn't we take Miles Jack?" Uh, 
he was definitely a you know a popular choice once he started dropping for, for Falcons fans. But uh, I think, generally speaking, fans Falcon fans are okay, but not necessarily super excited about it. Well, if as a Falcons fan, if I give you one duar on any of their picks, you could back go back and change something for the Falcons in this draft class. Is there one move that kind of stands out where maybe they passed on a guy that really uh, you thought was a mistake? If I give you one do-over, what would it be? Well, if I could, if I knowing what I know now, I can't I can't help but wonder would would they have maybe considered waiting on Titan if they knew? I believe it's Jarrell Casey out of South Carolina. If he if he if they'd have known he was going to last to the to the sixth round, might have they waited and taken him in the fourth or fifth round? Um, yeah, I don't know what they thought of him. I don't really know why he dropped. Uh, he was the guy I was kind of expecting them to take when they took Hooper. Uh, and if I had to, uh, yeah, I'm getting into a lot of hypotheticals here and stuff that may sure. not be realistic. I just wish they had traded down maybe one more time. I would have liked to see him come out of the draft with, with seven, maybe, you know, maybe even eight picks. But that, that, that would have been really hard to do entering the draft with five picks, obviously. Yeah, and it was surprising to see Jarrell Adams fall as far as he did. Uh, and, and I think value-wise, you can make that argument. Would you rather have Hooper in the third round or Jarrell Adams in the very late round? So uh, that's definitely a, a solid argument to make because Adams, from just from a physical tools and talent perspective, he was right there amongst that top group of four to five tight ends in this class. Uh, so let's talk about grades. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. And I think we're kind of of the same mind on this. I was kind of going back and forth between a C-plus and a B-minus, and my initial inclination was to lean more towards the C plus, uh, but 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 when I looked at it closer, I, I went to B minus, uh, A because I'm I'm pretty forgiving, but also because I, I have a hard time making a really strong argument against any of the picks necessarily. Um, it, it's just it's just a little bit of an unorthodox class, I guess, and and it seems to me that this organization is kind of going all in. They're bringing in very specific players for what they want. And I'm not sure that they're going to fit for every player or for every uh, uh, regime. And if this it doesn't work out for Dan Quinn and, and, and his people, uh, I'm not sure how well guys like Vic Beasley and Keanu Neal and Deion Jones are going to fit uh, going forward. But for the time being, I guess uh, I, I, I respect that they are, uh, they're kind of uh, – they're kind of committing themselves to exactly the types of players they want. And we're going to see if it's going to work. But at the very least, they did what they set out to do. They added uh, athleticism, and they upgraded that defense, the speed and athleticism to the front of that defense, and, and they addressed needs. And at the end of the day, that's all you can ask for. Uh, as long as you're addressing needs and you're getting pretty good value for your picks, which the Falcons did, I think it's going to get you in the B range for me. So I'm going with a B- minus for my overall grade. How about you? Well, uh, I I I feel like B minus too. Uh, you know, C plus, B minus. Uh, you know, I guess one thing, one factor is, do you want to knock them for losing that draft pick? If you if you want to incorporate that into into their draft grade, I'd say you 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 know that would take a B minus down to a C plus or however you want to look at it. Uh, I do think one thing that's really a factor in in their draft right now is you know there's they're set on paper at some important positions, quarterback. They got the number one wide receiver. They took a pass rusher last year. You know, uh, they're okay at cornerback, it looks like, on paper um, with Desmond Trufant and Robert Alford. Uh, they've got a left tackle now in Jake Matthews. They they signed a center. So they've got, you know, they can really, you know, with all these premium positions 
in plays that, you know, really look like they can go after guys that are very specific in terms of what they bring to the team. So uh, I, I, I kind of feel bad agreeing with you so much, but B-minus sounds about right to me. All right. Uh, before we let you go, I want to make sure every, to let everybody know that they can follow you on Twitter at Stephen Bounds. That's Stephen with a P-H, B-O-U-N-D-S. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking Falcons draft with me. My pleasure. Anytime. All right. With that, I'm going to put a bow on the Atlanta Falcons in the 2016 NFL draft. But don't despair, because as always, the next NFL draft is less than a year away. Tick tock. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.